Hey, hey homebodies. What's up? Welcome back to the Introvert City where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. Today, we are going to be doing a part two of an episode that we started two episodes ago, which was like a bunch of weeks ago because like we took a little break. Yeah. So check out that intro. That was nice. <laughs> we should get that on a t-shirt. We should. Go back to the university where we discuss culture, media, and faith from the perspective of an introvert's complex mind. I think just get the hey homebodies and then get the IC somewhere in there. If you guys want merch, let us know. We need we need more. No, we need money first. (laughs) Okay. So uh Miss Karina, where were you last week? So, guys. Okay, well, here's what happened. So we filmed, we were planning to do our testimony as a couple in one episode, mm-hmm. and we started recording it. It was supposed to be the last episode in our Introversity Testimonies series. We started recording it. We got like 35 minutes through, and we were like, there's no way we can do this in one episode. So mm-hmm. we had to stop and make a part two. But then the next week, we were having our guest on, which was Mr. David Garlock. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to it. Got Mr. G. Yes. It was, it's probably <laughs> one of my favorite ones that we've done so far. Like it was. Got good reception too. It was a great, um, it was a great experience to be poured into. Yes. A lot of great things said. Both of us were very poured into and I felt like that energy was reciprocated among the audience as well. It just, I don't know, it felt needed because I think we had been doing a couple lighthearted topics and that one was very heavy. So it's yeah. good balance. So that was two weeks ago. And then last week I was in Florida. I had a, an opportunity to be a part of this kind of, it wasn't really a competition. I had to apply to a writer's conference for college students um, for college students all attending Christian universities and there were like a hundred applicants and only 30 of us got chosen. So we spent the week in Florida doing writers stuff and also being spiritually poured into. It was wonderful. Go look at my Instagram guys for the pictures because that hotel was bougie. So anyways, (laughs) we're back now finally doing part two. Mm -hmm. It's been long awaited. Yeah. Yeah. So, our first like few months, honestly, thinking about it now, are kind of a blur. But also, I remember like exactly everything that happened. <laughs> okay. In the best way I can explain it. It's kind of a blur, but also. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of things happened in those months. However, I don't remember every single thing that happened. And even though that moment was probably some of the most stressful in our relationship for me, at least because I was just like, I wasn't really in a real, real relationship until she and I got together. So to have something going in like more than a month and it's still being like good, I didn't really know how to react. <laughs> so every single month I was like, all right, she's probably going to break up with me soon. So really, that's what you thought. Yeah, I, I, cause I was nervous. I, 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 um, I had never broken up with, I had only ever gotten broken up with, wait, but I you, had never but you said you weren't in a I, relationship. Yeah. I, I would, well, I like had, things but usually the things. girls rejected me <laughs> once they got past uh, the talking period you know hmm. um which was rare but when it happened usually as in usually I got rejected you know so when I wasn't being rejected and instead being embraced in a relationship I kind of didn't really know how to react so I was like she is she gonna do it or not nah? Well, okay, you're getting really pessimistic already. Can we talk about the good times oh, guys, that we had? I promise I'm a Okay, also really quick cut in. Guys, I'm a liar. 
Our first episode was about our Enneagram test. I'm not a three or a four. I'm a two. What does this have to do with anything? I have to tell our fans. I'm a two, which means I'm an optimist. What even is that? Well, you're definitely not an optimist because you just talked about the really, like, pessimistic parts of our relationship. Okay, I'm an optimistic person, but we have to get through those. In fact, I feel like it's fun. Okay, but if you're an optimist, like the Enneagram says you are, then you would have told them about the first time that I went to your house, which was super fun, and the first time you came over to my house and you met my family, which was also super fun, and you would have told them about our first official date, which was walking around Target. Well, fine. I was going to. I was going to mention those things. Yes, but I wanted to bring up some of the ways that I personally felt about about, my way. But now that you brought that up, that was the most stressful experience of my life. <laughs> Seriously, you're, you're, um, I love the Brunos. What's up, Mr. B and Mrs. B? But, Don't uh, say that I was again. very nervous. I was extremely nervous because, like, your dad knows how to stare people down, you know? He knows how to stare a man down. And I was really nervous. And then you told me your dad was a boxer and stuff. I was really trying to keep the most healthy composure i possibly could have i was really nervous i was really Mm. nervous i even made cookies you did they were banging they were banging i had some too and i was actually i don't think that i was intimidated by your family but i think i knew that you were the youngest boy and so i knew that you had a special a very special relationship with your mom and i didn't want to come into it and you know have your mom think that I was like the new girl in your life or whatever. Well, I think that that's an interesting thing to say because I think it's interesting because when you take how like I feel like guys and girls meet their family, it's very I different. feel like typically the guy, like I feel like the, the parents, their first instinct is to not like the guy or to like really scrutinize the guy or really be what? like, no, I like that's how I like I feel about it. And that's how I feel like they've done it in like movies before. Oh, the 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 parent in laws always hate the stepson or you know whatever, the which I don't think is always stu- not the right word. Not stepson, son in law. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then the girl like like because the parents were like, why can't my son just get a girlfriend already? So when he gets a girlfriend, they're like, oh my gosh. No, that's actually true. You I know? know. So I have two younger brothers, and I already know when they get girlfriends, the rules are gonna be so different. And watch, <laughs> my parents are gonna listen to this episode and be like, it's not gonna be different. No, I'm sorry. My brothers have already gotten privileges that I never got. Okay, and I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> so this time you to call them. <laughs> no, but like I feel like when they get girlfriends, it's going to be very like, oh, come in. For me, I'm just I feel very scared that like I always felt scared that we were going to like, I don't know, stay out too long. Or, you know, I always had to text my parents every single spot that we were at, like when we went to night and day that one time and then we walked over to Target. I was like, OK, we're walking over to Target. You know, like I was. Telling them everything. One thing I remember, though, is that Penn, I remember at Penn Cinema because we talked about how I wanted to pick you up. Right. And drive you to the movie theater. But you were like, no, nah, I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> and because then you also mentioned to me how my, how my parents, your parents wanted to meet me. And I didn't know fully at that time yet that you liked me because uh, I'm stupid and I don't pick up on. Uh, I don't pick up on flirting, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I've been told by a lot of people that I don't pick up on stuff like that. Um, but I didn't pick up that. That was like, oh, that's a next step. I was like, why does she only meet her parents? We're just friends. 
Oh my um, gosh. But then we had like our little walk and you told me, why would I want you to meet my parents if I wasn't going to try and like date you? You said something like that. Did I say that? You said, you I said, probably did. Or you said something like, why would my, why, why else would I want you to meet my parents? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was weird because at first you didn't want to put like a label on our relationship, but legit the next day we put a, a label on our relationship. So Okay. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're spending way too long, too much time on this little stuff. We can move forward. Yeah. So we really, really bonded for the first couple of months over our passions and interests. Mm-hmm. We bonded over music styles. Like that was our main thing was music for a long time. We would send each other songs probably every day. We would make playlist collaborations. So that was a big thing. We talked about the movies we liked. We talked about activities and we started doing like each other's activities and like it was really fun. We didn't have our first argument until month two, I remember. <laughs> Can I say it? You can say it. <laughs> You're allowed Looking to back, say it. Looking back, it was really stupid. But mm-hmm. I was terrified of what would happen. So Seth has music on Spotify, which go listen to it. It's fabulous. But um, I always knew that he wanted to be like a, a, a songwriter, a musician, because he's very talented. He plays multiple instruments, and his okay. voice is amazing. Okay. So he would send Thank me you. like potential lyrics. And, you know, in the beginning, it was all, like, love songs. It was all cute. I know. I knew what you were doing. My parents always told me that, like, you know, the whole idea, if you have a talent, use it to your advantage with a girl. So I was like, I can I, um, I can know how to write music. So why not just, I'm going to write a bunch of songs. And they were really cheesy. And looking back at them, they're kind of awful. I love them. <laughs> so, anyways, there was this one song that you sent me in about month two and it just kind of took me aback because it was like I wouldn't have expected it from a Christian artist and I'm not saying you were like branding yourself as a Christian artist like you were more trying to brand yourself as an artist who is a Christian rather than a Christian artist because there's a difference between the two but even so the content of the song just was not very moral in my opinion and you know this is guys keep in mind this is very long time ago this was almost two and a half years ago listen this was before i was like a real christian okay (laughs) okay so he sends it to me and we're on the phone and i'm like oh you really want to release this song and he was like yeah duh oh my god i remember she was i was so excited for her to listen to it and your reaction it, I was pretty passive, I think. Yeah, you were at first, but like it made me feel weird because I hadn't yet seen that side of you. Right. So up until this point, I was pretty conservative in hiding my opinions. So like if mm. I had a strong opinion about something, I would keep it to myself because I was afraid of Seth disagreeing because I thought that disagreement would lead to a breakup. And I think both of us were in a place where we were like scared of not being with each other because we had never been in like a serious breakup before. And we found a lot of comfort in each other's presence. So the idea that any type of disagreement, because we had had like small, tiny disagreements before about like politics, but I always stopped it early because I knew what would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something interesting that we might talk about in the future. Like Seth and I aren't like we have differing views, but we've come, we've learned to talk about them and Mm -hmm. maybe we'll talk about that in the future. But The point of this argument was that I was passive at first with him about the song because I did not like it. I didn't stand for it. 
And Seth was really mad because he felt like I was being unsupportive. And it was a nighttime phone conversation. And I got off the phone just sobbing, not because you had said anything to me, but because I was so scared that you were going to like break up with me the next day. And the next day was the first day that you ever like took space from me. Like you didn't text me all day. In your defense, the song was actually awful. <laughs> so it's it's okay now. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, obviously, like looking back, it's kind of funny that that was our first argument. But in the moment, it was very intense. Like mm-hmm. I did not know how to handle it. Yeah. I think when you get into a relationship very young, like we did, like still in high school. I mean, I guess nowadays it's not young, but whatever. You're still learning how to deal with emotions and you're learning how to navigate things that no one necessarily taught you how to navigate. And so it's not like I I didn't want to like go to my parents and be like, Seth wrote this really bad song that I don't stand for because that would have looked really bad. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you couldn't go to your parents because how's it going to look for A, you have to show them the song and then (laughs) you have to tell them that I was being almost judgmental. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was rough. Did you want to add anything? Um, no. Well, I think you're, you were, you were fair and ultimately, yeah, I probably shouldn't have written a song like that. And the song does actually like it blows, but I, does that mean, does that mean it's bad? Yeah. (laughs) i don't know lingo however i do think that like i think that where your problem in that argument was was you had a really you had a really hard time seeing different sides at the time i did and that was because if you have listened to my testimony episode i went through a period where everything was the same and in my mind all christians were supposed to act the same and whatever, whatever. So I think something that I have learned throughout our relationship is to be more empathetic to different viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, we have, we have ultimately like me and you have the same foundational principles, but I think it's normal for every couple to have disagreements, even if it's Mm -hmm. in politics or even venturing into theology sometimes. So I have had to learn to be okay with that. Just so you guys know, if there's any new couples listening you're not going to break up if you have a disagreement. And that was mm-hmm. definitely my mindset. Mm-hmm. So that was our first argument. That was our first argument. And we definitely had more. Yeah. But our honestly, though, our first like four months were pretty dope. They were just really chill. That was very... We, I don't think we had a super long honeymoon phase. Um, our first four months were very much honeymoon. You know, we didn't really have that many arguments. We didn't get that, you know, intense with each other. It was very, oh, I love you so much. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you Ew. hang up first. And then around probably f- a little under five months in, I think we really kind of started getting into a relationship. Sure. Like it became less of a infatuation and mm-hmm. more of something serious. And that is mainly, I think, due to our want to move so fast. Quite frankly, when we first started dating, my thought process was like we were going to get married like by now. Mm-hmm. Same for you probably. Yeah. Um, and I think that added a lot of a lot to our issues. Yeah. Um, especially for me when I at least when I look at myself. One reason why I wanted to move fast was because I really wanted to move out. Mm. I wanted to be on my own. I want to do my own thing. You know, at the time, 
and I don't really feel this way necessarily anymore. Like, oh, my parents don't believe in my dreams. They don't believe in my musical dreams, my rapping dreams. So I wanted to just move out and have nothing to do with, like, my home life, which was kind of dumb. Not kind of. It was pretty dumb, especially since a lot of it backfired. Uh, not my, not that my artist career backfired. I still am trying to pursue that, and I'm feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some things that I wish I did differently, and I wish... And I wish that I wasn't so harsh on the ideas my family had. So did you feel like us moving very fast would get you to that place? Yes. I think I felt a little bit of that too. Also, I was in a place where I was watching lots of very young, impressionable Christian YouTubers talk about how amazing life is when you get married super fast and how if you wait too long, then you'll slip into temptation and like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mention specific names of YouTubers, mm. even though I really want to basically just think about very young couples, like early twenties. Mm-hmm. This one couple that I watched religiously said that they dated for four months when they were like, just had turned 20 years old and they felt like four months was enough time to get to know each other and to make that Dang, life decision. Bro. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, yes, so godly, like God wants this for me too. And oh my gosh, I tried to rush everything with questions that I asked you. I was like, how many kids do you want? And what kind of job do you see, do you see yourself working? And do you want to live in the city or the suburbs? And like, sure, I guess all of that is good to talk about. But both of us, I think, just had like ideas of what the future mm-hmm would be like if we moved really fast. Yeah, we both did kind of idolize that idea. We did idolize it. um, uh, The Perrys, they do a really good episode on their other podcast about the idolatry of marriage. Mm. I think it's interesting because so many people, so many people will have this whole mindset of, oh, God told me that this was my marriage, that this is our marriage. God told me this, so I have to move quickly to get there or else God will be upset. And I think I believe that th- you can get into a relationship and feel early on that this is who you're supposed to be with. However, I don't think that that means that you guys have to get married the month after you realize that. Of course. And I think that's a big thing where you idolize marriage because part of being married is kind of is kind of really pushing into the idea of you are really one now. I think part of being in a relationship, though, before marriage is ironing out a lot of the issues that you might not find out till a year or two into dating. Like there's stuff that she and I didn't figure out until probably just a few months ago about each other that are pretty big, you know, that that are things that affect us still that affect us now. And if we would have gotten married within a year, those things might have made us divorce, if I'm going to be honest. Those things might have made us hate each other if we never ironed them out and tried to fix them and try to figure them out. And we've made a lot of progress. We have. You know? Just to caveat, though, of course, there's always going to be things. Good word. Oh, thank you. I know. <laughs> there's always going to be things that you don't find out until you're married. Like a lot of times people will use that argument and say that you need to like live together before you're married so that you can know all of your flaws and stuff. I personally disagree with that. You know, I think you could be married for 10 years and still find stuff out. But I do, like, stand for everything that you just said. I think you need to see your partner in every season. I need. I think you need to see them in summer, winter, autumn, and spring so that you can see how their body reacts to different seasons. For example, I have seasonal depression, and you kind of had to witness that for me. 
we have to, I think before getting married, you should witness, you know, your partner's reactions to dirt. Uh, certain events and you know how they interact with their family like all of that takes time I don't think it takes 10 years but it definitely takes more than four months Mm. there are a plethora of ways that you can notice flaws in your partner without even realizing it Mm -hmm. and sometimes those are the best ways to realize it but I feel like you can't really make it come authentically if you're just pushing it because I feel so many people then in like you know their first three months or four months would do pre-engagement counseling before they even before they even know Oh, what's her? They know. Oh, I know what your favorite flower is. I know what your favorite uh, flavor of candy is, but I don't know how you cope. I don't know what your type of what what humor do you like? What type of movies or what type of songs do you listen to when you really need to be alone? How do you praise God? How 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 do you view the bedroom? You know, how do you view intimate life in a marriage? How do you view that? And and I think that there's there's so many things that so many couples won't touch on and they just want to rush it because let's all be honest, a lot of couples really just want to get in the bed. That's true. That's the truth. A lot of couples want to get in the bed. They want to have kids. They want to have a life. They want to be from their parents. They want to have that freedom that they didn't that they didn't get, especially Christian kids. Because Christian kids their whole life are told, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta follow this, have this in place have have uh, this morality and they look at their parents as some type of schadenfreude when in reality that's it's a their nice parents word just what does that mean <laughs> schadenfreude that's how you say it but schadenfreude is it German yes it means like people who get a pleasure <gasps> Wait, out of seeing I remember you talking about it with your yeah. mom what does people, it mean people getting pleasure out of seeing uh, others uh, misfortune I love that word take anyway. note y'all anyways keep going but they think their parents are some type of shouting fraud. And then, but, but in reality, their parents are just trying to give them good morals. And sometimes they push a little too hard, get a little too legalistic. But that's not necessarily the fault of just the parent. That's just them trying to do their best and try to have you not make the same mistakes they did. My parents did that with me. And sure, maybe they, were there times where they may be a little too strict? Were there times when maybe your parents were too strict with you? I'm sure there were. But I don't think that it's fair of us necessarily to always call our parents out so harshly because they just tried the best they could. And yes, there are times you need to call out your parents. That is the truth. However, your first instinct shouldn't be, oh, if my parents just did this better, I'd be better. Because you are probably going to make some really crappy decisions as a parent. And you, and you can't expect that same level. Yeah, Would you really enjoy that same level of you suck, you're trash? <laughs> that was well said. I use the word mom. Yeah, she didn't think I was going to use it. Mrs. Frankie. <laughs> the biggest thing for me where I messed up and in the ways that I have improved in the last two and a half years that we've been together is my judgment and my vulnerability. So I was not very authentic with you at the beginning. Like I said, I was very afraid of breaking up because I had a very sensitive and fragile heart and soul. Like I just as a child I was always very sensitive to everything and so once we were in the relationship and it was like two three months I was like okay this is serious I do not like I can't handle a breakup and so I would say things that I didn't actually mean so that we would be in agreement I would kind of you know misconstrue my words maybe when it came to politics or even my faith just so that Like I said, we wouldn't be in disagreement. 
And I also didn't really share with you the depth of my anxiety and my depression. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression at 16, and I've always dealt with it since I was a child. And I don't, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal to say because everyone kind of has that now. But mine was never circumstantial. Mine was just always there. It was always evident. And it gets so much worse in the winter. It gets so much worse when I have, when I'm trying to people please. And I think I really hid that from you. There were a lot of nights where I was just insecure and I wanted validation from you. I don't think there's anything wrong with calling your partner and saying, hey, are we still okay? Like, do you still love me? Do you still think that I look beautiful or whatever? But I never wanted to do that because I was like, oh, he's going to get annoyed with me. So I would just kind of go to myself and I would be like, I have to feel these feelings. I have to cry. I have to have this panic attack. And he'll think everything's fine. I never, ever shared that with you, probably for the first year of our relationship. And anytime I had an issue with you or I disagreed with an action that you did, I never told you. It took me a very long time to start being open about that. But then I started being open all of a sudden. Like after probably six or seven months, I think I really started being vulnerable with you. And I kind of dumped it all at once because there was a lot built up there. And sometimes I don't really have self-control and I will call you in the midst of a panic attack and I'll just get mad at you because you don't really know how to respond sometimes, which is very normal. You know, I'm not expecting you to say anything. Sometimes I just want you to be there for me. But there were times when maybe I was expecting you to say words and you didn't say anything because you were taken by surprise. And that's completely on me. Like I should have been more communicative about that. But just the way that I hid a lot from you and then all of a sudden dumped it all on you was very not cool of me and I learned that vulnerability is a step-by-step process what should have happened is that I should have in the first month or two started to open up like you opened up with me and been consistent with it building each month but you know that was a long time ago and I feel like I've grown a lot since then Mm, what about what about you do you feel like there was an area that you grew in I think that I was not very honest, and I think a lot of things that I did were disingenuous. Um, I think I picked up a lot of being authentic, a lot of authenticity after we really started getting deep into our relationship, and I lied to you about a lot of things at first. I lied to you about my faith, that I was some great Christian, that all these things that I wanted to do were because of God, when in reality, I just wanted to, you know, get your number. (laughs) I wanted to keep you in my life. When you would tell me things, I would tell you, oh, it's okay. You can totally cry to me about this. But then I would, in secret, be like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. This is ridiculous. You feel uncomfortable? I don't know if I would say uncomfortable, but more just like I didn't want to hear it, you know? But over time, and I would say this is before I really had my experience with Christ because I wouldn't say that I was terrible for a long time in a relationship. But I think I was dishonest for probably the first seven, eight months. Um, And then we kind of got a bit more honest with each other. Uh, But after some turmoil happened between the two of us, I kind of looked at it from a different perspective. And I really did care about a lot of the problems you were having. Um, And I really wanted to be there. But I still found it hard. And I think I started opening up to you more about how it was hard. But I know a lot of things really took you by surprise as well because... I was lying to you, telling you there were so many things I was okay about, certain things that I was doing in private that I told you were going great that really weren't. And then for you to find all of it out, it took you back a lot, and I think you felt really lied to. 
and that I was um that I was being very inauthentic and you had a very um you had a very skewed view of now who I really was. And I definitely could have done a lot better with that. And I could have been a lot more honest. I could have been honest straight up. And I wasn't. Um, But as time progressed, I started being, I will at least say this, I I started being very uh, upfront with you about things. Um, Are there things that I still need to work on? Yeah. But I think when it comes to having big issues and telling you about them, I feel you are the first person that knows about every single issue that I have going on. Maybe not every single issue, but most issues. Most big one, big issue, all the big issues I have going on in my life, I go to you first, you know? Oh, I try to make sure I don't... I think we both sometimes have an issue of trauma dumping. <laughs> uh, yes. Like, uh, I'll come to you with the biggest thing, and then you'll come to me with the biggest thing, and then we both will kind of just go to bed. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what's hard for me. I never wanted to go to bed angry Mm -hmm. at each other because we used to call a lot at night. And I know there is a verse in the Bible that talks about do not let your son, do not let the sun set on your anger. You know what verse that is? I really don't remember, but I know it's in there. But anyways, I never, and even like our old boss would tell us like, guys, make sure like you never, when you get older and you get married, like talking to all of us employees saying, make sure you never leave the house like angry at your spouse because you never know what could happen. And I always felt like all of our arguments was at night and I feel like I was failing God because we're always having these arguments when in reality we were just really bad at resolving conflict at that time. We have gotten so much better, so much better. Yeah. I've had to learn to give you space when you ask for it. You've Mm -hmm. had to learn to comfort me when I ask for comfort. It's, I feel like we are so much better at that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being honest about everything. Um, how do you feel like we are now? Like w- the place that we're in now after two and a half years, how do you feel? I feel we're in a place where we're still finding out a lot of new things, but I think we're in a very mature spot for the two of us. Um, last year was a big test for the two of us. They usually say year two is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty hard I think individually and as a couple, it was a very hard year for both of us. Um, I, I at least know it was really difficult for me. I know there were a lot of things that were difficult for you too. Um, but I would say that that helped us grow a lot, and I'm glad that we still like each other. <laughs> Why you got to say it like that? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, 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 I really like that we still enjoy each other's company. I'm glad that, I, that I'm not getting tired of you, you know? I hope not. Like I, I'm just really happy about that. I'm glad that I'm not tired of you. I'm not glad that you're not tired of me. I'm glad that we still make each other laugh. And I think we're in a place where I think God is really at the center of our relationship. And there are times where God kind of moves a little bit out of it because of us. Um, but I think we're really trying and we're doing our best that we've ever done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we're not doing it, like, and even if we're not at the best we could be, we're trying, and we're actually trying to make that effort, and that's something that I can say about uh, about our relationship. Sure. I think we're in a really great place. I think last year was a big test, and we learned to resolve conflict in new ways. We saw a couple people from our church to kind of counsel us through some things, and it was just so amazing to watch, like, all of that happening and us having 
constant arguments about stupid things and to still at the end of the day just love being with each other and sitting with each other and making each other laugh like that is such a beautiful thing I think Uh, any last words are you gonna propose to me tomorrow no (laughs) (laughs) but I'd love to the next day how about are you gonna propose to me Yes. Well, how about I hyphenate and take your name? And then the men in your, your family name. are going to humiliate you for the rest of your life because <laughs> I proposed to you. Bruh, people, some, some of my friends still get on me for you asking me out first. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Anyways, guys, the wedding's next week, so if you want to come out, we'll be having it. Yeah. Okay, guys. This was a pretty good one. There's still definitely a lot more that happened, but I think we're going to end it there. Um, overall, I think we got the pretty good main points out of the way. And next week, we're going to be back with normal episodes. Yes. No more testimonies. <laughs> I love the testimonies. Not a, no more ever again. We are planning on having some more guests, but that's a sure. That's on a different day. Yeah. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys have a nice week. Goodbye, homebodies. Have a wonderful week.